Is there an algorithm for love? I'm in love with a chat bot. <laughs> algorithm yeah. for love. Previously on Watch and Talk. It's a nuclear test ban treaty. No, it's a nuclear test ban treaty. Okay. Bang, bop, boop. They should pay him gooder. Pay him gooder. Bartlett 2002. Burn. As recently as five years ago, it was on keychains. Decolletage. Yeah, yeah, which is a word that Jason just learned. I just learned it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Genocide is bad. Let's go to the monkey cages. Throw some, some shit around town. Let's go. This is episode eight of Watch and Talk. Uh, this week we're watching an episode called Enemies. 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 <laughs> I completely forgot. Uh, but I do have some follow-up from last week. My friend Sky messaged me and said that we got the Reagan air traffic thing like totally wrong. Oh. Well, shut uh, up, Sky. <laughs> <laughs> the air traffic controllers were federal employees to begin with. So he, there's actually a law that federal employees can't strike. And they were breaking the law by even striking. And he ordered them back to work, ended up firing 90% of them. It was like 12,000 people or something like that. It took 10 years to bring the levels of air traffic controllers back up to normal. And in the meantime, they had to use uh, military people, like supervisors had to take shifts. And they had to do things like basically just use untrained people as air traffic controllers for a little while because there was just 13,000 less of them or 11,000 less of them than there were before. They also got barred from serving in the government for life as a result of that. Whoa, that's harsh. Way yeah. harsh. Uh, Is that a cool job? Hey, kids, go and get that job. Apparently, they need people. Yeah. Air traffic controllers? To do that. Oh, also, yeah. since we talked about the Gipper, I am like constantly encountering that reference in my life. Or maybe because I know it now. But that is like someone someone commented on our Facebook page explaining what it was. And then after that, also, I read it in like three news articles just this week alone. Just casual mentions of the Gipper. It's kind of his canonical nickname. I just, I'm so out of touch. I had no idea. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's all the follow-up I got. Uh, so jumping into this week, the cold open is Josh and the president in the Oval Office. And the president is just going on about national parks. There are 54 national parks in this country, Josh. Please tell me you haven't been to all of them. I have been to all of them. I should show you my slide collection. Oh, would you? Grand Canyon, Bryce Canyon, Badlands, Capitol Reef, Acadia, which is so often overlooked. Josh wants to get out of there. But we, we also have Donna's first previously on, I think. Oh, right. That's two weeks in a row that I forgot the previously on. That's right. <laughs> um, last week was a um, CJ one, actually, and she's the first repeat uh, previously on person. And we get Donna's first this week. Whereas, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm a little... Um, I don't. I don't really want to critique the, her voice, but I feel like she's like not. She doesn't seem like that enthused about it. She's like, it's very um, serious. Some like, of them are pretty flat. She's like previously on the show. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like previous, she's a little dismissive. I think like previously on the West Wing. Well, having hmm. recorded our hmm. previously on Watch and Talks, there's a lot of pressure to get that right. It's so really there's maybe pressure. she just couldn't handle it. Okay. Petrified Forest, North Cascades, Joshua Tree. Uh, the president wants to take a field trip to Shenandoah. Right here in Virginia. We should organize a staff field trip to Shenandoah. I could even act as the guide. What do you think? And there actually is a history of presidential uh, national park trips. There's a famous trip that John uh, Muir, M-U-I-R, and Teddy Roosevelt took and a three-day trip into Yosemite where the president was just AWOL for three days straight. What? Um, Classic park story. And then Josh threatens to leave the president's body in Shenandoah when they go because he's so bored. This yeah. scene is so funny. Yeah. I was like laughing a lot. Dry Tortugas? Yeah. And also when the president says, is it nerd like to know? We love that line. We've had like cool president, like druggy president, you know, now we have like nerd president. National Park buff president. Yeah. He's been referred to as a nerd before though, when the bicycle accident happened. <laughs> yeah. First pilot episode. He's a geek. Yeah. He's great. I love this scene. I also, he kind of like... I love how he loves to explain things to people. I would be interested if I were on his staff, but they are always so bored by him. I would love to go on a camping trip with a sitting president. That sounds great. I don't know if I would like to go with just any president. I'd like to go with Bartlett, though. I think you know maybe the issue was that it was two in the morning and he had to get in early the next day. That's true. But I do love that he basically threatens to kill the president 
in the scene. Mm-hmm. In the Oval Office. In the Oval Office, yeah. Well, at first I was like, what's the point of this opener? But then you see it's thematically important. National Parks. Yeah, this whole mm-hmm. episode does such a great job at subtly foreshadowing. Yeah, they uh, they hang a lot of lanterns on things <laughs> is the trope name for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, then they have the credits. Uh, it's Leo and Mallory at... Uh, Leo's hotel and the having breakfast. She wants to pay for it, and then Leo says, "How much does a cup of coffee cost here, Tony?" Six dollars and fifty cents. You want to pay the check? No. Which living in Brooklyn, kind of, kind of a decent price for Doesn't a cup of seem coffee. That bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I've paid more. Yeah. All right. I don't think I've ever paid that much for a cup of uh, coffee, unless well, it's she's like, horrified. Yeah. And well, I'm like, okay, I've, I feel like I've probably done that. Six dollars? You know you that get... weird Scandinavian design oh, coffee store place is yes. more expensive than that. <laughs> That's true. I, the only time I've ever paid more place? is when I get a complicated drink with like foam and flavors. Foamy. Oh yeah. But I mean, but you don't know what you got. Did you get an americano? I thought that this was just like a cup of coffee. Just a cup of. Like a cup of boring coffee. But and anyway, that Scandinavian guy will watch the coffee the entire time it's ruining. That's that's what you pay for. And that really and makes he sings feel to good. it. He knows the name of every single bean. Our uh, our friend... not even coffee, just all the beans. He's a bean nut. Like legumes. <laughs> He's a yeah. bean nerd. <laughs> yeah. Our friend uh, Congressman Skinner pops over. He was the guy that Toby was arguing uh, over the census with, and he congratulates Leo on a bill. Congrats again, Leo, to all of us. Right. The banking bill. Yeah. It's gonna pass. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. They're kind of like patting each other on the back about it. I guess it's kind of bipartisan at this point in the episode. Mallory talks to Leo a little bit about the situation with his wife. You could call her and ask her how she's doing, you know. Yeah, or I could just ask you. You could, though clearly asking me won't do any good. It's not going particularly well. They have some opera tickets. It's our subscription night. Mom doesn't want them? No. That Mallory is going to use later in the episode. And then... Leo gets like really needy with her. Why can't you say congratulations? On the banking bill? Yes. I just did. Please, Mallory, you were, I don't know, you were smirking Dad. or rolling your eyes. I was... I don't, I, that seemed very uncharacteristic for Leo to me. Well, it kind of goes with the whole theme of the what happens with Mallory and Leo in this episode where she doesn't quite understand his job and how, like how demanding it is and how much work he puts into it. And so I think this is sort of foreshadowing again that she doesn't get it yeah i mean i just never seen him seek praise before yeah <laughs> it's 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 very weird to see him do that after that the there's a outer office scene with miss landingham and josh so or there, sorry and cj there's but, some like really weird transition music i don't know if anyone else noticed between these two scenes and it this is maybe a reference that not everyone will get, but there is an episode of Saturday Night Live where Neil Patrick Harris... Oh, I love Harris that so- show. <laughs> this is a show, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's a classic yeah. show. Well, Have you guys heard of that show? Coneheads? No, 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 no. Yeah, right. Specifically, in an in, in, there's a skit where they do the Doogie Howser theme song, like an orchestral version of it. And that is what this transition sounded like to me. Okay. Okay. That is a deep cut. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's CJ and Miss Landingham outside. And we learned that they were up till 2 a.m. talking about the parks. Uh, the president comes out. He's super pumped about this banking bill. We beat the banking lobby. It's going to pass? We beat them. You're confident? Yes. It's in the bag. We haven't seen the president this excited since Chili Day, I don't think. <laughs> And um, she she ends the episode as he's walking away, like trying to psych herself up. She does this like little like fist pump to herself of like, I guess I need to be excited about this, too, because I'm she's not nearly as excited as the president is. Then there's a cabinet meeting. It's the first one we see. Um, They apparently don't do them very often. Um, Hoynes comes in and he says that the president's going to be a few minutes late and that he has to start it. And then he has a little intro speech that he gives. I should begin by welcoming all of you to our third cabinet meeting. Our first in six months. And I know the president would want me to point out that these meetings offer us a unique opportunity to come together and exchange ideas and discuss our goals for the future. Surely our first goal has to be finding a way to work with Congress. And then the president comes in, like literally 
eight seconds later. So like he said he was going to be a few minutes late, but he was really like outside the door. Um, and then he has the he ma- he makes some jokes with the rest of the cabinet. He's kind of rude to them. This is the saddest looking cabinet. Yeah, I find these meetings to be a fairly mind numbing experience. He's like dismissive of like their capabilities and usefulness. But like he picked these people, like pick smarter people if you think they're so dumb. Because he's cool. He's yeah. like cool president who's like cool with the fact that they're not that capable. <laughs> yeah. And then he talks to um, Mildred um, and she is the person taking notes. The was a stenographer for the meeting. And she reads back the what Hoynes had said in the intro. And then Bartlett snaps on him like completely. And he's really, really asshole about it. Our first goal should be finding a way to work with Congress. Yes, sir. You don't think our first goal should be finding a way to best serve the American people? I didn't say that, Mr. President. He's kind of a dick. President Dick. Yeah. I have is total dick on my notes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he, he... he does this like I I don't know what the like rhetorical fallacy is, but like he said, oh shouldn't our first present priority be working for the American people? Which is kind of silly way to. It's it's a semantical. Yeah, silly. like it's couldn't not, that's not what he meant. Kind of taking it. He's out just kind of he's like, dogging him. He's like I didn't I didn't say that, which also seemed like kind of a weird edit or nonsensical revision of that conversation. But the president's like, oh yeah, you did say that, bro. Really. Have a look. Yeah, that's what it says right here. Would you like Mildred to read it back again? Yeah. Or does Mildred have to say that shit again? Yeah, it's like if I had like a thing of food and said, oh, this is the best. And it's like, really? It's the best? It's better than world peace? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh you're not for world peace. <laughs> Fuck you. Wow, you hate peace. <laughs> but they're, I think what they're trying to get at, perhaps not in a very effective way, is I think there's always this dynamic where there's a young... Um, vice president that's sort of being groomed to eventually lead the party as the president where once you're the president you're like okay congress you should follow my lead and they're constantly trying to kind of undermine your lead or obtain stuff from you and fight you on things while the vp is continuing to suck up to the party because eventually he needs all of them to support him when he runs for president yeah, and he works in the Senate technically too. Yeah, so so I think there's they're already they're already played with the dynamic where Hoynes is closer with Congress than Bartlett is, and so Bartlett's kind of like tweaking him on coming in and taking over the meeting and saying our top priority should be working with Congress. Do you think that the president actually asked him to get the meeting started? Definitely not. Right. Oh, and by the way, they mention, or I guess Bartlett mentions, this is, or maybe it's Hoynes that mentions it that this is the third meeting. They only have a meeting once every six months. Right. That's ridiculous. What's the point? Yeah. So it is kind of pointless. Uh, And then as they're um, kind of wrapping up the scene, they just leave the camera on Mildred. Just so you like remember who this person is, because maybe she'll mean something later. Fucking Mildred. Another lantern. Mm hmm. Uh, Then there's a Sam and Toby scene. Uh, They're in a writer's slump. Having difficulty locating our talent. I got no mojo. All right. Did the best you could. What do you mean? You reached your potential here? No, I didn't. I can do better than this. I can do better than this. Are you saying that I can't do better than this? I'm saying you're fine and I'm flat. Somewhere in this building is our talent. Josh comes in and he checks in if anybody's heard anything bad about this banking bill. Toby thinks it's fine. He thinks he's a little worried. And they they don't really resolve it, but they just kind of set up that Toby thinks everything's going okay. He has a lunch meeting later with some guy. Oh, with Crane. Crane, his buddy Crane. Crane becomes very important later, as we'll see. There's a Danny and CJ scene after that, and he already has heard about this Bartlett and VP argument. Did it happen? On the record? Yes. Absolutely not. Off the record? What else is new? Danny is inappropriate with CJ. Come on, bro. That Hmm. is sexual harassment. Anyone have dinner with me? No. I'm a very good-looking guy, CJ. Yeah, every time he sees her, he asks her out, I think. He gets a yeah. little Seemingly. too sexy with her. But this her. time we learn he's a great conversationalist, and he can kayak. He likes seafood. What he a likes catch. all food. Yeah. He likes movies. What can you say? CJ is a catch, you know? And Danny, too, apparently. Right? <laughs> then they show Hoynes and Danny <laughs> together, and it starts with Hoynes telling this story about the internet. Yesterday morning, about 10 o'clock, these, uh, these two guys, as a joke, 
posted some false information on a website about this tiny startup company, and its stock started shooting up. By 2.30 in the afternoon, the hoax had been uncovered and the stock had adjusted itself. But by the end of the day, this company, which neither you nor I nor the Secretary of Commerce had ever heard of, closed out as the 12th highest traded issue on the NASDAQ index. It's just in. The internet is not a fad. The story he describes is basically the definition of a fad. He says, there was a lot of hype around something, and then the price went up really high, and then the price went back to normal after a few minutes. It's not a fad. Well, this, uh, this is like the Colbert definition of success. This just in. We made money. The internet is not a fad. <laughs> is it, the direct Is he quote. saying like the use of the internet is not a fad? Or because he's talking about a fad. So, but I think he's like, it's like an old person he, he's trying, trying to, to say be like, hip. I think he's trying to explain the power of the internet to shape like opinions and move markets and stuff. But the, the, the example he uses is a textbook definition of a fad like you couldn't make a more concise definition of one yeah was he talking about the stock that toby invested in <laughs> i because he, re- he references the commerce secretary Ooh, could be it's, it's quite possible uh, then danny asked him about the cabinet meeting and he denies it uh and danny never even says what he thought happened and hoines is like nope nothing happened <laughs> it's he could have just been asking like oh i heard you had a cabinet meeting nope well, you can't really be like, I heard you got served by the president. Right. Like, you know, there's no real delicate way to deal with that. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Vice President. Did you or did you not get served? <laughs> <laughs> That's how he would do it. Have you or have you not been served? <laughs> the- tell, tell the people. Have you been served? Recently. Holds microphone in his face. Yeah. Sam and CJ have a scene after that. Um, Sam has heard about this cabinet meeting too. Uh, then CJ leaves. Uh, th- Mallory comes in, asks him to go to the opera. The opera? Yes. You mean to go and watch and listen to? So what do you do yes. with the opera? Yeah, I did an opera once. I'm into one and listen to I've it. never been to an opera. Yeah, don't. Did you go to a Chinese opera? Mm-mm. Seems worse, but also like how much worse could it get? <laughs> I went to one and I think I fell asleep. Yeah. And then as... She's asking him, he says, is this going to be a date? And she says, no. And then she says, because they're not going to have sex. And then Sam's like, not interested because <laughs> he's a horn dog. Wait, no, he's 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 down. He, yes, into the- he eventually so, goes. Yeah. So my theory is that they introduce a new character on this episode and it's real Sam. Oh, normal Sam shows up this week. This is the first episode where Sam feels like Sam. Yeah, I, I have some issues with Sam later, but we'll get we'll get to it. OK. <laughs> um. After that, uh, there's another CJ and Sam uh, scene where they're both sitting, waiting for Leo to come in, and neither one of them wants to explain what it's about. Although Sam already knows about the VP thing, so I don't know why CJ's being so secretive. Leo comes in, CJ asks him for some help on this cabinet story, and he doesn't want to give it. He just says, deal with it, like three times in a row. What do you want me to do? Deal with it. You're a real details man, aren't you, Leo? Deal with it. Deal you with mean- it? You the man, deal with it. <laughs> and deal with it. You know, deal with it. Yeah, deal with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a little, I mean, CJ usually has her feet under her a little more than she does in this episode. She seems a little confused. But she says, okay, I'm going to go deal with it and leaves. And then Sam has an awkward conversation about how he's going to take Leo's daughter out that night and basically says he's going to have sex with her. Leo, for whatever it's worth, she's made it very clear we won't be doing anything tonight you'd have a problem with. Like what? Why don't we stay away from that? No sex. No, he says... No sex. We won't be doing anything. He's like, there won't be any sex. Yeah. It will be a sexless thing. <laughs> they won't talk about all the things they're not going to do, but what one of those things is sex. Uh, and then Leo says it's fine. Like, take the ticket. Somebody's got to use them. And then he does a thing where he uh, practices his line again. Yeah. <laughs> and says, I'm, I'm fine. As the, I love that the camera's gone. It's so funny. Yeah. Just reassuring himself. Yeah. Don't lose your mind over it. Yeah. Uh, there's a Hoynes and CJ scene after that, and then he has another like stupid story that doesn't make any sense. Why does he keep having like He's little mini press. circular press conferences all over the West Wing? Right. Go back to your building. And he's he he says something about how we're gonna go what to Mars and then build a in? gas station the OB-OB, there. OBOB, right? Or, mm. what? or what's the building the pre- vice president's supposed to be in? The OEOB. Yeah, O-E-O-B. O-E-O-B. O-E- I say OBOB. <laughs> <laughs> you know. She basically says that he leaked the story or accuses him of it, implies it uh, strongly. And then 
he has a line that's the implication that I leaked privileged information is as stupid as it is insulting. And I'd like to remind you that whatever regard you may hold for me personally, you are addressing the office of the vice president. So it implies that they have some some backstory there. He's like really adamant that she not like say things to him. I think he He like, gets like really serious. I thought he He's got like, really in her face oh, about it. Excuse me, CJ. Next time you talk to me, you remember I'm the guy. That was basically the first time they met too, remember? No. Uh and when the first episode that Hoynes is in, she goes and talks to him and it's like the same scene basically of oh, like Oh yeah, he like tells her to back off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I have my own press secretary, I know but what I'm doing. I'll bet I, he's one of the enemies. I think though in the, <laughs> he the is titular an enemy. Or frenemy. In in this scene though, I sort of I thought he was being a jerk, but then I also thought like his ego has been bruised like really badly because the president just like took him for a ride and then Danny asked him about it and and he didn't say anything when he could have right he he's right here yeah so the implication is wrong yeah on CJ's part and then you know it must feel pretty bad to be like well did you say something when he's already like doing his best to not make a de- big deal right out he's this. just talking about Mars and the internet he's yeah. not <laughs> bad mouth on the president uh, so there's uh, a, he's right about the internet though not also, a bad not still, a bad well, go, still going on Jerry Jerry's still out still going strong at least he didn't say it was a series of tubes a f- yeah just yeah. A f- not a truck <laughs> there's a Sam and Leo and Josh scene after that where they're discussing the banking bill and how it's going they think it's in the bag and then Josh pops in and says no it's not uh, because a land use writer got attached that the White House isn't really cool with big sky federal reserve Sam they want to strip mine the length and breadth of Montana and then Sam says like screw it we don't need Montana which Starts a trend of nobody cares about like the environmental implications of this in this entire episode. Not a, I don't think a single person stands up for like the merits of the thing, other than yeah. maybe the president. No, the the only dispute that Josh has with Sam's position is just whether it it makes political sense to shiv the environmental lobby over it. Right. It's it's all about like preserving the strength of the White House, not anything about the like merits of the bill. Like I think they would be fine with it in general. Yeah. But not the president. The president never takes a position on it, although he does say, like, get rid of it. But he do like parks. He does like parks, though. So I, I assume that he would like it. Does and then, he like parks or only national parks? Because right. he's in national parks. but Well, he maybe would like it if it were a national park. So <laughs> what's weird is, like, the president could have, have been the person to actually stick up for the merits here. But even he straight up says at the end of the scene, I don't like these people. Like, make them lose. Right. So it's uh, still about ego. Yeah, they, they they just leave it that they need to talk to the president about it. But um, he also genuinely likes parks, dude. Yeah. And that implies that he don't like strip mining the parks. Well, this one's just a bunch of rocks. Then there's a CJ press conference. She gets asked about the land use writer. She hasn't heard about it, so she like punts on it and then ends the press conference. Danny comes like backstage and they bicker a little bit about whether Hoynes was the source. Like she's like, I embarrassed myself in front of Hoynes. And he says it wasn't Hoynes. And then he asks her out again because every single time they talk. Danny also has like the run of the West Wing. Like he just goes wherever he wants. How many times are you allowed to ask somebody out and they say no? Yeah, I don't know why it's not creepy. <laughs> it just doesn't come off as creepy. Yeah, he just seems, he's very sweet, but it is. It I would feel be like creepy. One. <laughs> one. Yeah. Just good. one. Yeah. And then after that, like it's especially because it's sort of like someone you work with. Yeah. Like it's very much someone you work with. Yeah. When I think about if Super. someone asked me out like five million times at work, it would make me very like I'd be like HR. But well, here's a question. He's so sweet though. Is there a different number of times if your boss is asking you out versus if you're asking your boss out? Mm. I mean, your boss asking you out can be a little more predatory. Like that should be zero times. Yeah. <laughs> but I think CJ is, in a lot of ways, Danny's boss and also kind no. of his adversary in a lot of, in some way. She's not his boss at all. Not, his, not boss his, in the sense that, yeah, I she, mean. She has the upper hand in that relationship a little bit. Oh, she, I think she has almost all the power in the, in the, as far as the access relationship is concerned. And then her job is to like control what Danny reports on. So yeah, I mean, he's not, she's not her, his superior in, in journalism. I just mean 
the power dynamic is not such that Danny has power over her. I think in general, dudes, you got out there, you shouldn't creep on girls you work with. But CJ yeah, could just be like, that's what I think. CJ could just be like, leave me alone. Don't ever talk to me again. Get out of here. Yo, you're victim blaming? That's Yeah. Well, wow. I don't think she's a victim. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think at some point CJ wow. does like really shut him down and it's like, this can't happen. But she kind of is like flirting back with him. Yeah. Quite a bit. She's eyes. asking for it. She's not asking for it. She's just, <laughs> she didn't ask him to stop yet. Wow. She yet. didn't scream. She didn't, she didn't say call no. the cops. Oh, God. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's being flirtatious back to him, and it's written like that for sure. Wow. There's a Leo and Bartlett scene in the Oval Office. They're surprised that these Eaton and Broderick guys are the ones that attach the land use writer. I'm surprised Eaton and Broderick have taken an interest in anything. Because they're kind of like unambitious and dull. Enemies two and three. Yeah. Um, I guess they're enemies. They. Yeah, I don't know. I, the whole enemies thing is a little thin on this episode. So wait, is this the scene where they're in Toby's office? No, what? this is in the Oval Office. Okay. And Sam and Josh and Toby come in. And Sam, again, says, like, we should just sign the bill. Like, screw the environmental lobby. Fine, big sky. Mr. President. Yeah. Swallow it. It's a couple of rocks. Um, and then Sam has his kind of, like, I I made my point and I won the argument move, which is to take his glasses off and tuck them into his shirt pocket. He says it kind of like as the period to his sentence when he's kind of smug. It's a power move. Yeah. And then Josh says to veto it. What do you do, Josh? Veto it. It's our bill. Veto it anyway. He's right. Why? Send a signal to the banking committee that we will not be held hostage by Eaton and Broderick. Sam and Josh and Toby all kind of go at it for a little while. Yeah, I don't like Sam in this one because he's, he's very cynical about it. He's like thinking only of like the politics and... Yes, Mr. President, tell them instead we'd much rather be held hostage by wildlife activists because that's a position that always works well for us. And I think it's particularly important in the next election we make sure we carry Montana and its three electoral votes. Well, they all kind of are thinking about the politics. And then the president just says, like, I, I want everything. I need to have it all. Let's let's keep working on it. Then there's a Leo and Bartlett scene where Leo's like spread out on the couch and like sleeping kind of. Or he's reading a paper, but he's like he's he's like super comfortable. And Bartlett comes in. He's like super bored. Nah, I just came in to see what you were doing. No appointments? Nah, you know, we had most of the night blocked for that thing and it got canceled, so... And then Bartlett does some like a uh, parent daughter counseling with Leo and tells him how to like make up with his daughter and how it must look from her side, et cetera. That's a that's a cute little scene. You yeah. get to see them open yeah. up a little. And they, they don't necessarily make a plan to hang out later that night, but their plan is like, I'll be in the office next to you if you need me. Right back at you, buddy. Oh, yeah. they're so cute. I'm right over here, you know. Just knock on the wall. Yeah. One door away. What you didn't see is that then he just like gently touched his hand. <laughs> Where's thigh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Leo does tell him, like, he, he keeps making suggestions of what he could do. He's like, you should go to the residence. And he's like, I don't want to hang out with just the butlers. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, get into bed with your wife and watch the football game. Uh, yeah. There, that's a, there's a couple funny things in that scene. Uh, there's a Josh and Mandy scene after that. She also wants to sign the bill. And she does, like, the only time at all that they explain anything about the bill. No more 24% credit card interest. More savings for the average people than a tax cut. No unjustified holds on deposits. These are all phrases I can do something with. It's pretty pretty thin this, about like, yeah, what is theoretically in this bill. This was a miscalculation. And I think in, in describing the best parts of the banking bill, it kind of like undermines their whole argument that, oh, we, this is a huge victory. And yeah, like, like we have to sign this yeah, and swallow really, this bad yeah, thing. It wasn't that impressive. Like Ugh, it didn't seem... The 90s, right? Well, yeah. It, it was 2000. It, it totally reveals how little people understood about the banking system and what actually matters as far as like a liberal victory is concerned. Like this is, I, I think back then this would have been seen by viewers to be like a real victory. Let's like, you know, no more usurious interest rates on credit cards. That'll tell banks. It's a good first step. She has a bit of a logical fallacy in this, too. You never climbed a tree in your life, Josh. You don't give a damn about Big Scott. How dare you defend any nature preservation thing? You're not a parkman. Yeah, and she accuses him of just kind of revving up the president because he wants to win. He's just, like, angry. 
Yeah, and this is where he has that pretty good line. I don't give a damn about Big Sky. I do give a damn about hanging a sign outside the White House that says, hey, Republicans in Congress, feel free to slap us around anytime you want to just to show us that you can. And earlier the president says, like, win this for me. Like, we need to win this. Right. Direct order. Yeah. He's doing his job. I kind of like at the scene... This is like where I think everybody had weighed in and nobody cared about the merits of it. But like compare that to the Democratic Party now or something like Keystone XL or something like that, which is just running not even through a park and it's not even a big plot of land. It's just like one pipeline going through and it's this huge rallying cry. Yeah, it's much easier now to gin up serious regulation for uh, the environment than for the banks. Yeah, like conservation just for conservation's sake, not as a token in some other argument. Yeah. Uh, there's a Leo and Charlie scene. Charlie finally gets a little bit of something to do this episode. Um, Charlie He's has used. He's he hangs used a in this episode. He hangs another lantern. <laughs> Char- <laughs> I think you're overusing that term. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, he says that we need to do a birthday message uh, for some assistant secretary of transportation or something like that. Uh, Leo says that give it to the speechwriters, but then he has a bright idea and he says give it to Sam because he wants to ruin Sam's night. Because uh, he's a jerk. Charlie walks out of the office and then Sam comes around the corner. He got uh, all gussied up. Went to the gym, rode the bike, had a shower and shave. Mr. McGay wants even to- got my shoes shined too. Has anybody got a shoe shine before? You ever got your shoes no. shined? I've had my shoes shined, but not while I was wearing them. A self shine? Oh, you took them in for a shiner? Yeah. What? You've done a self-shine, too. I've done self sh- I've shined my own shoes as well. Yeah. But you take them in for a shine? Yeah. Did you, did you drop them off? Yeah, like if they need to get repaired, they'll also shine them. Right. But you don't sit on the seat? No, I don't like that. You don't done the shoe shine? Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Okay. I was also- Hey, l- listeners, let us know. You ever, did you ever <laughs> do a shoe shine? And if so, like, give us some recommendations on where to go. Yeah. I was thinking that it's kind of sad that if you ever get a letter from the president that like you can pretty much assume that he did not write it himself. Oh, totally. So it's unless it's handwritten. Even then, they have the auto pen. But he revised it. Auto pen. <laughs> they, they talk about it in the West Wing. There's a, there's a thing that can sign the president's autograph on it, uh, like Christmas cards and stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's just sad. It's like that. It's totally meaningless now. Well, I I took away that um from Sam doing all of this like prep work for the date that he's still kind of thinking they're gonna have sex that night. She said absolutely no sex tonight under no circumstances. Well, maybe he's just kind of working towards it yeah. for a future date, you know. Future sex. Future. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Justin Timberlake album. <laughs> uh, there's a Mandy and Toby scene after that. Um, Mandy's like going on about the banking bill still signing the bill and thus swallowing the bitter pill of strip mining would not foreclose a pr approach that would trumpet banking reforms toby's not listening at all the last thing you said was are you listening to me uh and then there's toby has that funny line about like i have hatred in my heart i am not the one to talk to about the banking bill anymore mandy i have hatred in my heart toward whom you go ahead and pick him okay so we as we often do we're watching this scene with the subtitles on and when he says that line he says you go ahead and pick them today it's broderick and eaton hmm. but the subtitles say i have hatred in my heart for bruce crane hmm. but he specifically mentions broderick and eaton and the subtitles say bruce crane and in the past we've noticed that the subtitles seem to have been derived from the script sure that's usually the way it works yeah so it seems like maybe this scene comes later after they realize bruce crane who's on their side was the real traitor in attaching the land use yeah that's the guy he had the lunch meeting with that told him everything was okay and then it ended up not being yeah yeah that's that's interesting so uh, cj comes in the room um Mandy says a bunch of stuff to her. CJ doesn't listen to her either. Everybody's just like completely like talking over Mandy. This is I think this is where they start to phase her out of the show. <laughs> it's just the the rest of the characters forget she exists and then the audience does. Poor She's Mandy. like really passionate that no one care about the mining. Yeah, it's She's pro mining cuz she wants to drop interest rates on credit cards like a tiny little bit. CJ then asked Toby for some advice on how to, ha- or no, asked, no she, asked, Mandy, she asked Mandy for some advice on how to handle this cabinet meeting thing. I've, I've never seen CJ so flummoxed by something that seems so straightforwardly dealt with. 
like it's she's usually like on top of like the press handling stuff and on this one she has like no ideas needs everybody's help but the solution mandy comes up with is just to give some like facetime with the president like a half hour interview to danny and that'll supposedly make everything better which is pretty similar to the um chris wick thing because like that was the solution out of that facetime with the president is like the ultimate currency yeah this bothers me right because danny is is depicted as sort of the pinnacle of journalistic integrity right no really he's hitting on her that's inappropriate no no but aside from that he he is of journalistic like capability okay not necessarily integrity she seems to always have the scoop that's for sure i don't understand like this is a pretty egregious instance where a journalist is is corrupted by access right and that happens all the time in the media it just seems like they kind of casually uh undermine danny's character without really any judgment yeah get get a favor drop a story yeah um i don't think it's that big of a deal i mean this isn't a huge story this is like a stupid silly season story yeah the, well, the people I don't, don't need to know this story yeah it's interpersonal and then they would ask them and they would say the president and the vice president get along great and then that would be it so it's like th- there's no like fact to it on but either don't you front think because they seem to have like done a very good job at hiding the dysfunctional relationship that the vice president and the president have that this would be kind of shocking that they actually don't get along i don't yeah, I, I think it would get coverage but it's not hard new it's not like of a national it's not of national import no it's just juicy it's juicy yeah, yeah. i'm just saying you know given that this show is often informed by stories from the actual people in the Clinton administration. I, and I think it's pretty, this is pretty common. You know, you, you give access in exchange for oh, yeah. having control over the story. And, you know, maybe that's not always the best thing to just have them do on a regular basis. Yeah. Stop doing that guys. No more of that. Um, after that, they have a scene in the Oval Office where Sam is getting his birthday message reviewed by the president. The president says it's great, um, but couldn't we do it better? Why don't we take advantage of your being on it? And you know, really do a job. Do a job? It's his 50th birthday. Let's give it to Sam Seaborn Quill. What do you think? It did seem out of character. He's like, yeah, this is a great birthday card. Let's, let's, but let's, you know. Crank it up a notch. Yeah. Let's, let's turn it up to 51. Juice, let's juice it up. Juice up this birthday card. Birthday I, message? Card. Message. Oh. Um, Sam walks out of the Oval Office to like go start the second draft of it. And uh, Mallory comes up. She's all done up for the uh, opera. Looking pretty good. Um, Sam has a beeper on his belt in this scene. It's the first beeper we've seen in a long time. He's just rocking it in a holster. And then he tells her that he's got a problem. He can't go to the thing. And then they leave it at that danny and cj have a quick scene after that um he tell he outs his source because i really have a hard time believing that one of the cabinet officers cabinet officers weren't the only people in the room which is pretty pretty bad form journalistic wise too um, well but he also protects the source i'm gonna fire her who you know who. don't fire why not because it's not nice he, yeah he makes but shouldn't he it's not off have the said record anything? it's all, no i mean he he shouldn't have i think journalists journalists are really protective of their sources but he also has a relationship with CJ where he trusts her, and I don't know he 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 does threaten repercussions if anything happens with the source, right? Because CJ's first instinct is to fire her. But how what? do you continue to use her after that? Oh, you put her on something else. I think like you do take retaliatory right employment action. I mean, now her. in recent years, there's been all sorts of crazy prosecutions, investigations over these sorts of leaks. So yeah. I was even surprised that CJ knew who the stenographer in the cabinet meeting was that quickly of like, she has a mental map of like exactly who was in that room. I don't know. That, that seems surprising to me at all. I mean, at this point she's like what she's been dealing with like all day long. I feel like she would know. Yeah. She would have hunted down like every person in that room at some point and maybe that's why danny kind of revealed it to her because eventually she would have figured it out or he felt bad for cj having to like put so much work into something that yeah. maybe wasn't such a big oh, deal and she also mentions that she got like yelled at by the vice president again i think so oh right she gets a little sympathy for that yeah so she offers him the interview um he 
flirts a little bit and then he says he'll take it and drop the story but don't fire uh mildred uh sam and mallory then have a scene in sam's office sam if you didn't want to go with me you should have just said so and if you started to chicken out you should have called me i didn't chicken out i'm all dressed up sam my shoes are shot shut up that proves that he's not lying and then he's gonna do a quick draft he's gonna do a quick draft and then they're gonna uh catch the second act of the opera I think that's a class act. He plays it cool. It's like, this night could be ruined because of my job. But look, we still have fun. You know, it's okay. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do the fun stuff. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, how much opera do you need? Honestly, we don't really even want to do this at all. Is it like acceptable to just be like, I'll catch the second act of the opera? I think if you have like season tickets, you can probably do whatever you want. Because like no one knows what's going on. So you can just (laughs) go in whenever. You don't know anyway. Everybody knows the only good part of a Chinese opera is the second act anyway. (laughs) Maybe they'll think you're like characters just coming in to, you know, to mingle with the crowd. Well, there's always an intermission. So you mingle in the intermission and you just... yeah. come in at the same time so i want to point out um so far it seems like sam has been drafting this uh birthday message on a notepad and using you know like a pen to write it out yeah which i think but is, i don't see the card well i think that's it's a message okay but also i think that's it's kind of weird because he's got a computer like they use computers all the time toby's typing away on a on a laptop are they computers yeah, and then the very next shot actually is toby typing on a laptop yeah maybe he just thinks better writing yes. by hand it's, it's i just not you know, like an ancient uh out of date technology people still do writing it's Look at just this. hard to revise so you paper. have to write it all over again you know and he does he's still he's, or maybe starts he's to write outlining it before he writes could be maybe I mean, I he already it. showed it to the president though. i had a note on toby's laptop that it's it's a old Apple. power book and the Apple is upside down Yeah, from back when they used to make it for that when it was closed, you would see the Apple, but then they switched it so that when you open it, other people see the Apple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still confused about that. I never know which way to open it. <laughs> oh, which side to grab? Yeah. Oh, that symbol's an Apple? <laughs> oh my God. This whole time. Um, like the name of the company. Oh my God. Then Josh figured out this crane guy kind of pulled one over on Toby. Toby kind of gives up and just says, we should just take the bill as is, uh, sign it, even though it has the amendment attached. And then Josh just wants like a little bit more time. So yeah, there's, that's like, there's a lot of scenes that are like almost identical in this episode of them just like, uh, okay, let's try to figure something out. They say the same stuff a lot. CJ and the president then have a quick scene. They're waiting on Josh and Toby still. Um, again, they want the banking bill. They don't want to give in. Uh, they clear up the Danny thing and then they talk about the Mildred thing and the president just says like, let's just drop it. He doesn't want to fire her. Uh, that's all that one. That's like a completely inconsequential scene. Actually, <laughs> there's a Sam scene after that. Uh, he's still working on the draft. Oh, I love this scene. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it's like really close up with Sam and then they pull back and then Mallory like screams from just off screen. Okay, here we go. Would you come on? What are you, Ralph Cramden? I had to look that up. That's a. I, I was. That's I meant a, to, but I didn't. That's, like, so that's a president. A vice president. The honeymooners. It was mm. a oh, character right. played by Jackie Gleason. What did I, he do that was uh, Ralph Cramdeny? Because so, he said, well, "Would you come on?" No, wait. He the, said, the, the like cadence of it she was yelled, like that. She yes. yelled at him, and so. Um, the character Ralph Cramden was um, a bus driver who was never actually seen driving a bus except in like pictures, but not in that the show. That was basically like a and one that's, set show. Yeah, yeah, that was a just like Sam. Thing. And he was known for being short tempered and yelling a lot. So oh, this is the guy who's famous for like bang zoom to the moon he's, for his wife. He's the uh, the basis of Fred Flintstone, basically. Oh. Now I know Fred Flintstone, classic yeah. character. Yeah. And then she she figures out it was uh, Leo's plan. What did you just say? I said I was asked to do it by the president of the United States. Sam, did you by any chance tell my father that you and I were going out tonight? Yes, yes, I did. She goes in to Leo's office while he's dictating a letter to Margaret. Um, And then she starts, Mallory starts yelling at him. You addle-minded Machiavellian jerk. (laughs) Margaret looks really, really uh, awkward. Like she doesn't want to be in there. This show loves sort of like streams of insults when people get into fights with each other it's great 
Uh, then Leo explains. Working in the White House doesn't allow any flexibility insofar as leisure time as you've discovered this evening. I'm done being blamed by you for this. So you make Sam write a birthday card? A birthday message. Why? Just my sense of humor. Don't call your old man addle-minded. Too <laughs> close to home, you know? Also, it has nothing to do... I mean, if anything, it shows how shrewd and sharp he is. You can't right. be Machiavellian and senile. <laughs> Very poor and Leo uh, also makes a point to correct that it's not a birthday card; it's a birthday message. They're I think very serious. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's like half the lines of dialogue in this episode <laughs> are just correcting birthday card. It's a birthday message. The president comes in after that. He had to have heard them yelling from his office because he kind of comes in like mid conversation, and then like continues his therapy session with both of them. Now <laughs> he, you know, trying to draws a parallel. Did you have plans to go out this evening with someone who had to cancel? due to circumstances beyond their control because they had made a commitment to a common and higher purpose. He reads his schedule to her and then on on the way out, he like he says like, okay, I'm done here. And then he starts to leave and then he stops and says like, oh, uh, my point is, give your dad a break. He's your father. Uh, Mallory's pretty dismissive of the president. Thank you, sir. Are you blowing me off? Yes, sir. I guess she's around him enough that she's like super comfortable with him, but she's not at all impressed by the president. Yeah, they they're tight. She's Mallory's like, not really impressed by anyone. I like that scene though. And then uh, Mallory and Leo are gonna go get coffee and dessert, and she says, "Let's bring Sam." Uh, they go over to Sam's office, and Sam doesn't want to go because he wants to nail it. Oh, something really funny happened. I think in a previous scene where Sam bangs on his desk and like crumples up another draft. Serious? <laughs> That's like this he's scene, concerned yeah. with himself. Okay, it's this one. He's like very concerned with how seriously he's taking this. I was oh, yeah. I was upset with Sam, but then in this scene, it's so cute. He's like, "I love my job. Like, I want to write the best birthday card Message. ever." They're gonna find what? their. Uh, <laughs> hmm. They gotta find their talent yeah. somewhere in the building. Yep. Leo apologizes to Sam. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I, I figured. It's to say. You mind if I skip the coffee? I want to nail this thing. Oh, forget it. Your first draft was fine. I want to nail it, Leo. Sam, the president was in on it. Your first draft was fine. Yeah, but still. You want to nail it. I do. You're so exactly like him. Oh, that is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Thank you. Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah, and Leo looks like he's going to cry, maybe. Yeah, they're like... He didn't want to have feelings, and then he had all the feelings. Because Sam was like, "That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me." We we could you could just say feels now. All the feels. <laughs> you don't have to. You could drop the ings. It's unnecessary. You just one syllable. <laughs> feels all the feels. Everyone had them. Yeah, the feels. So I got to point out that he's he's got a computer right behind him, and he's just like writing on this pad and throwing pieces of paper. Like he's clearly rewriting it from scratch. You're holding a, pa- a notepad. Some paper. people like to write You're holding paper. A paper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cause I didn't have my laptop. Okay. <laughs> if I believe me, if I had to write a birthday message, I would have been typing it. I would have written it in a card, but that's, I would type it first. I would have just had Facebook auto post to their wall and just mm. say like, yes, please HBD. post. Now Facebook any, is such a fad. If you ever comment on any of your friends' Facebooks, they're going to be like, it's Eric's bot. He H- didn't even mean that. HBD. <laughs> or you could just say like HB. Yeah, why didn't the president just say HBD? Yeah. XXO, the president. <laughs> yeah, or like sometimes like you could send like a cool gif. A gift? No, 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 a gif. After that, there's a scene with Bartlett and Hoynes in the Oval Office, and Hoynes just kind of wants to clear the air about the cabinet meeting because everybody like suspects him. He's like taking the high road here. Yeah, I totally. Think. Hoynes is great in this episode. Yeah. He's a little stupid with the press; like his stories don't make any sense. But he's just trying to be charismatic, right? Right. But he, you know, takes the high road by approaching the president and is like, "Let's deal with this thing with you and I." Yeah, and then Hoynes or the president totally blows him off. Um, he. He's like, you You can believe me or not, but I wasn't the source. And the president knows for a fact that he wasn't the source and doesn't telegraph that at all. He just says like, yeah, okay, I might believe you, even though he definitely knows that he wasn't. He's like, he, you shouldn't fuck with me, though. He doesn't want to give like, him like the satisfaction. Fucked with me, bro. <laughs> and that was a big mistake. Yeah. Then we learned that, I guess, the president had to beg him to be Well, the president be do, does his um, 
let the conversation end and then as somebody's walking out the door Explode. he stops at he stops them again the same thing you did with mallory just before he, he says john what did i ever do to you where in our past what did i do to make you treat me this way john what did i ever do to you except deliver the south why are you so mad at me all the time mom <laughs> And then, yeah, he claims that he delivered the South for the president, which is kind of amazing. Like, did the president win the South in that election as a Democrat? Seems unlikely, but maybe. Good times. It's kind of interesting. I, I, there actually is, like, electoral maps you can look up for the West Wing. Really? Um, yeah, it's, it's incomplete because they just basically say, like, any ones that they mention that they had won, that they fill it in. And I think they, at some point, mentioned that the president had won Florida and Georgia. So maybe that stands. But Obama won those, too. So... Yeah. I mean, and uh, Hoynes is from Texas, so I, that would make sense. I mean, Clinton, I think, got, took a fair number yeah, of southern states. Being from Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. Uh, and then the president uh, says, you shouldn't have made me beg. Yeah. they, uh, they Those two do not like each other. No. Don't do... Don't mess with Bartlett. Enemies. 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 There's Mandy and Josh after that. She's still on the same... It's the exact same scene again. It's Mandy talking about, let's pass the bill. Josh says, no, I'm not going to pass the bill. And then they argue a little bit more. And then Donna comes and then Donna's in. Donna's like, I think you should do the bill. And then she says. We're getting it. Donna, it's 20 minutes. I need it faster. We're working, Josh. But honestly, the computer files are pretty antiquated. Yeah, all right. Wait, what? I said that the computer. They're antiquated. Yeah. They're antiquated. <gasps> ding, ding, ding. Eureka. Yeah, he has his epiphany. So I, I looked up the Antiquities Act on Wikipedia, and it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a section that says references in pop culture. <laughs> and I think really surprisingly to me, the only reference in pop culture to, to the Antiquities Act is the West Wing. And they criticize the fact that, so apparently the Antiquities Act only allows the president to unilaterally declare a national monument. Not a national park. Only Congress oh, can declare national parks. Yeah. But national pres- monuments had the same level of protection. Na- well, national monuments are different and have in some ways broader protection. It's less less of a sort of public right of access issue and more of a leave it <laughs> leave it untouched kind of a thing. It was originally used to protect archaeological sites. It was passed by it was signed into law by Teddy Roosevelt, who they also uh signposted earlier in the episode and um it has been abused in the past in this same way where they'll declare something a monument that's actually like a giant stretch of land and the supreme court has regularly upheld its broadest uses hmm. so it's all good then it's a real all thing good. it's just monuments so set apart it makes sense that he would be able to prevent something like this via well, that what's weird though is i don't know if there's any cases dis- Deciding whether Congress, if it specifically passes a law allowing someone to damage a national monument under the Antiquities Act, which was passed by Congress, what would happen in that particular conflict? Oh, right. So this could go to the Supreme Court, guys. Cool. Uh, That's exciting. (laughs) Next time on The West Wing. (laughs) So Mandy says something to him in this scene where she says, You're fighting the wrong fights and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I don't. What is she talking about? She means you're. He's just fighting for the sake of fighting. You're fighting over power. You're not fighting over doing good things for the country. I just didn't buy it. Right, and but her example of the thing that they're not doing is like giving in on a thing that they would normally fight for. That struck me so wrong in this one that like nobody cared that it was like a huge uh, environmental disaster yeah. waiting to happen. No, I mean, like, will you let the mining industry blow up? like a a beautiful mountain over reducing interest rates on credit cards slightly right that's that's the thing that mandy accuses josh of having lost his way over yeah (laughs) is standing up for that josh basically sends donna off and says i'll I'll see the president whenever he he thinks he has it solved first though he stops by uh, sam and toby's office and they're finally on a laptop this time toby works on a laptop (laughs) so that you know what this must be toby's laptop it is. It's the same one. It still doesn't explain why so, Sam doesn't just the, use a computer right they behind share, him. They, they share a laptop. <laughs> yes. The, the White House has one laptop. 
they're now they're both working on the message like it's so funny they, i love this it's yeah. so great they're like oh yeah back together yeah they they the boys are back but in i town. like that toby is trying to convince sam to let him help like work oh, yeah. on this and cool. sam is like get out of yeah, here yeah they're like a couple of, like boys fighting over like the controller of a video game yeah, system <laughs> it's so funny i love that josh comes in and he's he says the antiquities act the antiquities act yeah that's creative. The Antiquities Act. The president is empowered to designate any federal land to be a national park. And Josh is like, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Way to the steal antiqu- the thunder. The Antiquities Act. <laughs> I wasn't just randomly saying it. <laughs> um, but they, they don't even want to go tell the president about it and get like some of the credit because they're, they're stuck on this birthday message. I want to nail this. What is it? It's a birthday card for someone. For who? I don't know. It's a birthday message. Let me take a crack. Please. One more try. And then there's a scene with the president and Charlie. Bartlett is explaining to Charlie about what to do if you see a grizzly bear. And hikers are told to talk or sing along the trails to keep them at bay. Which is totally a thing. I went to a glacier, a few uh, glacier national park <laughs> to say it the David Attenborough way. <laughs> and that's everywhere. It's like you're supposed to like sing on the trails or carry these big bells and stuff. Because I love that. I love to sing. Is it specifically singing or just loud noises? Because I thought it was loud noises. It, it's loud noises, but if they hear humans coming, they'll stay out of the way. Like, you uh, just don't want to be, like, in proximity with one. But they'll get out of your way if you're coming up. So you just keep making noise. Uh, so it's, like, loud conversation or the easy way is just always be... A-B-E-S, always be singing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but Charlie, he doesn't take this advice. If I see a grizzly bear, I'm supposed to sing to it, sir? It's not as silly as it sounds. Well, it sounds pretty silly. Josh does the thing where he like has a perfectly timed entrance to like finish a sentence. Glacier Park was the tent. We have 44 to go. 45. You had to have been standing right outside the room to even like catch the context of it. Like, why didn't you just go in there before? I think that happens a lot in this West Wing. Yeah. People are always waiting outside for the right time to enter. And then he tells the president about his plan president loves the idea he, he i really like the line that the president has You're like the antiquities act yes sir this is simplicity itself yes sir. um he's he's so excited about it and then as he's like okay good that, that like kind of like puts my mind at ease i'm gonna go to bed now and then as he's leaving josh does his own move to him and catches him on the way out after the conversation's over and says this thing about how we we talk about enemies more than we used to it's kind of a downer, Josh. Kind it's of a like downer. Right yeah. at the end. But like when really... were they talking about enemies? They were saying they don't like the political games that the people are playing on this bill. And what other enemies are in this episode? There's Hoynes, but Hoynes. that's not something they talked about. Crane. They were trying to... Yeah, but Crane screwed him over. Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's talking about how much Mandy's they hate Mandy. Like the Ruskies. Everyone's enemy. <laughs> Yeah, that's just that seemed like kind of out of place. Like they, if their like paranoia had come to bite them a little bit in this episode, well, but it's not. Like they were actually being very friendly with these people, and they, if they would have thought of them as enemies a little more, they might have guarded against this kind of thing a little more. I think they, I think they're getting at the fact that they're governing. People have different opinions, and it, it, you, sh- they shouldn't look at every every dispute they have with people as like a power play and sort of take take it as like an existential threat to the power of the white house and just sort of like understand that people are going to constantly be challenging them and disagreeing with them and but they there shouldn't was a take power it so play personally. though it's a yeah it's attaching a environmental bill on or amendment onto a banking bill which has right. nothing to do with it well, i mean like, that happens all the time and it may not be that the people that did it were doing it for the purpose of publicly shaming and undermining the power of the White House, it could just be that they have... They just thought they could do it. It could be they have a political benefit to doing it for their own constituency. Oh, yeah. I, I don't doubt that it's something that they wanted, but they did it out of, like... They, the the White House wants to sign this, and they're going to sign it, even if we yeah. put this on there, so let's stick but it I mean, on there. That happens all the time. Every single bill gets stuff added to it. Yeah. And this is pretty minor compared to... Well, no pun intended, mining. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> The other thing is, had this term been popularized then, this episode should have been called Frenemies. Because that's really what they are. It's Hoynes. It's people within their own party. Well, it wasn't popularized then. Yeah. <laughs> they, this show, they could have coined the term in they this episode. They could have popularized it, yeah. That was before we did things like that's that. A, that actually is closer, though, because they're not explicit enemies. They're, yeah. Yeah, they're Frenemies. They're Frenemies, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, this ends on a weird note. Kind of like... 
I would that's not thematically on with this episode at all and it's, it's kind a, of like this supposed to be this momentous closing thinker of an ending it was gonna have such a good ending if they didn't do that like, right it, the way it's it, like a bit of a triumph yeah but it's like, also like thematic and, to uh to um what happened with mildred and uh and danny is Danny friendly to the administration? Is he kind of an enemy of the administration? I think it's, it's you know, it kind of has a coherent theme. With- I guess CJ was sort of trying to track down, like, who is the snitch, like, the whole time. Yeah. And the, the vibe is that someone is an enemy here and who is it? But the undertone of that isn't enough to, like, make this big statement at the end of the episode. I don't know. Yeah. So it's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, and then there's the closing credits and this is actually a pretty good closing credit shot. It's Toby making a really funny face to the camera, <laughs> which <laughs> if you're going to just put somebody's face on there, at least make it an interesting one. All right, cool. Uh, so some headlines. I have not a lot of headlines this week. This was a tough one. I yeah. got some, I got some good ones. All right. So, uh, do you, do you want to do them by topic? Maybe I did them all on the parks one. Okay. what do you got? I went with a really nineties reference here or maybe eighties. I don't know. How about this? Parker Bluest can't lose. Woo. Yeah, because he's a blue. Mm-hmm. He's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. The sky's blue. Big yeah. sky. Yeah. Mm. Um, I went with Scheme Park. Scheme. Like a theme. Like a scheme. <laughs> or I thought you could go the other way. You could say, this park rocks. And then you show it's just a bunch of rocks. Oh, I like <laughs> the, that one. This park colon rocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or um, if you don't like it, you could call. You could have a big picture of the president, and you could call him a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> visually, that works. yeah, visually it works. Yeah. Or <clears throat> you could do like him also again, and you could say like, not yours, mine. Oh, <laughs> I had a, I had a mine pun. It's yeah. not as good as that. Or, or like, no, comma parking. <laughs> uh, I like that. One. And the and of course the classic, you know, mine Führer. Oh. Mm, nice. <laughs> yeah. The only the only big sky one I had was big Y. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have like two park related ones. Um. One was big sky mining blows up bank bill, <laughs> like blowing it up because that's yeah. what they wanted to do. Mm. And then um, it was really a tough week, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Congress doesn't mind destroying big sky, <laughs> <laughs> spelled like mind, M mm-hmm. I N E. Mm-hmm. Did other stuff happen this episode? Well, the bank bill. Yeah, the bank bill. So I I wrote um, big bank bill Bartlett threatens blank bill. <laughs> It was really tough, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, the banking one, like, Republicans show little interest in banking reforms or something like that. Uh, interest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's, I, didn't, I didn't realize that's that. Good. Yeah. So I had banking bill, more light spanking bill. <laughs> <laughs> light, light, light spanking? Yeah, light spanking. Yeah, not a big, not a heavy. This is really bad, but mm-hmm. it was... Um, like if Eaton was the only guy who was the problem, it would be Eaton is Eaton the bank bill. Like E <laughs> E A T I N apostrophe. Yeah. You got more? Eaton. I've, I've got uh, one relating <laughs> to uh, to the other subplot of this episode. It's um, White House birthday message wins Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I, I feel like the Hoynes one, I don't really, I, I'm, I'm working this out on the fly here, but like cab, cabinet full of beef or something like that. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's, there's beef in the cabinet. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's nice. I was trying to do like a, like Bartlett grabs bull by the Hoynes or something. Yeah. I couldn't really make it nice. Sense. Nice. Okay. Keep working that one. <laughs> Oh, beef is so funny. <laughs> uh, so, what, what do you guys think of this one? I'm gi- I'm giving it like a meh, meh minus to worst wing. Really? Yeah. Oh I pretty God. much only like the Josh and Partlet scenes out of all of them. I think Josh is good in this episode. He's in those Mandy scenes when he's like defending the honor of the White House. It's he's charismatic at least, and how angry he is. And then the president talking about 
the like all the parks and stuff is funny and his like happiness at the end is pretty good but other than that like the rest of the episode's pretty much garbage <laughs> what i give this like a next best thing oh, oh. opinions yeah. differ wow i know well because it had everything i like it was like funny and it had a conflict it had a bill they were trying to pass it had like personal things it had like a little bit of everything and i also like laughed which is not something you get to do with the show a lot the sam and mallory stuff's okay yeah. I thought like it was Sam was like mostly adorable in it and charming. But that one is so obviously that plot line is so obviously to set up as she's love interest for Sam. Yeah. Like she doesn't need to be there otherwise. She has no other plot line and that well, what it about feels Leo. Uh, yeah, she's she's also there to That's true. There's a little bit of Leo with give her. Leo some redemption a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives like the president and Leo an opportunity to scheme against her. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so sometimes the West Wing tries to do cute scenes and they're amazing. And then sometimes they just come off as like forced or awkward or whatever. And I feel like the batting average on this episode was good. Like most of the scenes they intended to be cute bantery scenes were very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cringeworthy maybe maybe mess wing for me but like it's it's just like fast it's swing, that fast? negative <laughs> yeah wing. like i'm gonna call i'm gonna say this one's nest wing because it, it's like a good going to sleep cozy episode like not a whole lot Wait, of stuff happens and, it is pretty it's pretty pretty boring yeah it's just nice moments but the, the banking bill stuff is there's yeah. eight scenes that are identical to each other yeah. at one after another with the exact same argument in it and they could have at least like explain what the hell the bill was yeah. or a little more. Twenty four percent like cap on credit card interest. Yeah. They're trying to pull off the the gun bill episode again, but like they're like, how much more how more watered down can we make this and still feel have it feel like a fighting with Congress storyline? Mm-hmm. And I think they maybe went too far in the water. And they didn't direction. really show any of the meetings with the congressman to at least yeah. like flesh out the arguments against it or anything. It was all one-sided about of course this thing needs to pass and con- if congress doesn't want it to pass why like explain yourself a little bit yeah i thought i mean it was pretty you know had some of the stuff and other things <laughs> i'll give it a zest fully wing that's a, <laughs> a zest fully yeah zest like that commercial from back in the day <laughs> with the Successfully soap clean yeah with the soap sam and toby are all right together in this yeah. one too yeah, they're, they're so really funny. cute. They're, they're so really cute. cute. I, I like them. I sort of, I think, rate these episodes. Like, there's episodes that are really meaty and like dramatic and incredible in that way. And then there's also episodes that I just love to watch before I fall asleep at night because they make me feel like nice. And they're usually the fluffier episodes. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is sleepy fluffy. time. Yeah, this a sleep fluffer. <laughs> this is Data's day. Yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, that's a Star Trek thing. That's yeah. like the, mm. there's this no, episode okay. of the Next Generation. Then, then okay. Wrong podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm just letting you guys know in case you need to fall asleep. <laughs> mm. That put on Data's Day. Go to Netflix. Put on Data's Day. Mm-hmm. You will be asleep in like ten minutes. I'm sleeping now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there's like it's I. It made me feel good and had all the good feels. So you know, I liked it. Really negative, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're me, you're entitled me, to your feelings. Me minus. This one's a this one's a snooze. Yeah. Um uh yeah, okay. I got I got right. nothing else on this one. Pass that. That's it. <laughs> Shutting it down. <laughs> <laughs>